0: hello and welcome to the luke miller experience podcast today we're talking about different stock news there's a lot of stuff going on Um, we have a new uh uh labor report which is strong we have a lot of different individual stocks moving a lot um exciting stuff going on today but we're going to start off talking about the s p 500 and the nasdaq which both uh, started off the week uh in the red uh so we're going to read an article uh, by cnbc so uh, whoever wrote this said stocks slipped on Monday to start the week as traders weighed the latest quarterly earnings report and weighed the key U.S. inflation data. Obviously, the uh, most important uh, inflation data that we're going to get is going to have to do with uh, the CPI, Consumer Price Index. Sorry about that. Uh, it's at about 7% right now, meaning that, uh, you know, like uh, the average uh, consumer uh, items. Have increased in price an average of seven percent in 2021, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. So the heavy hit, uh, the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite fell by about half percent to just over 14,000, uh, leading to the downside. The S and P dropped 0.37 percent to about 44 four, about 4,500. While the Dow Jones Industrial Average ticked up just 1.39 points to just over 35,000, the major averages uh, alter, alternate uh, alternated uh, between gains and losses for most of the uh, session before retreating in the final hour. Okay. Corporate earnings were again uh, again a source of volatility for stocks on Monday. Tyson Food gained more than 12% after beating earnings expectations, while medical device Marker uh, Zimmer uh, fell 9% after its report. Meanwhile, shares of Facebook parent Meta fell more than 5%, continuing a post-earnings slide. The stock has now dropped 30% since the company's uh, quarterly report last Wednesday. And I'm not trying to give you financial advice, but all I gotta say is I would do a lot of stuff on social media and I can tell you that Facebook is getting destroyed by TikTok. And if you don't know what TikTok is, it's like this like uh, this app that has like short videos that you scroll through and you actually can't even invest in TikTok. It's actually a private company. So it's actually uh, crazy what they're doing. They're kind of they're like just taking over Facebook's uh, user base and you can't even invest in their company. But if you do have a business, I've, I would suggest uh, advertising on TikTok. It's what I'm doing. We're seeing pretty good results with it. So if, if you know anybody that runs a business that does advertising on social media, definitely check it out. And maybe even send me a message I could probably help you out with that as well. Uh, the stock has now dropped 30%, yep, since the company's uh, quarterly reports last Wednesday, which was horrible because we just had so many people coming off the platform and going to TikTok. Uh, shares of Netflix still struggling after the media giant issued weak guidance in January fell another 2% on Monday um, after investment firm him. Uh, said the company's current strategy could not win the streaming wars. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of people still watch Netflix. (laughs) So I don't think that's going to change. It might change. Who knows? You know, anyways, uh, investor psychology is shifting almost week to week, meaning uh, sticking to one's investment convictions is about as hard as ever, but also never more important in driving out performance. And this is something that I think that, um, This is why I think investing in ETFs is always a good move, you know, because like if you're not using Facebook and you don't know that TikTok is taking their market share, you might be like, well, why, why is Facebook's uh, earnings so low? so, I mean, if you're not able to like really, really keep up with what's actually happening in each company that you're invested in, I just don't think you should be invested in individual stocks at all. Um, Unless you're someone like Warren Buffett, who's really, really smart with, uh, accounting, you know, like if you don't know accounting, what he says is you shouldn't even be investing in individual stocks because you don't know what their cash flow is, you don't know what their revenue is, you don't know what type of debt they have or what type of liabilities they have. So, I would probably agree with that. Anyway, so far, 56% of the SP 500 companies have posted quarterly earnings, with 77% of them beating earnings estimates and 76% topping revenue expectations. I honestly think this is just because of inflation, right? Because, I mean. Um, you know, if if you give a bunch of people money to spend, then the companies that are going to take that money in exchange for goods, obviously, are going to make more money because there's more money to spend and there's more money for them to uh, to accept from from customers. Uh, anyways, uh, there are more than 70 S&P 500 companies set to post results this week. Three Dow companies uh, com- uh, components will provide quarterly updates, including Disney and Coca-Cola. Uh, and some other ones. Uh, semiconductors are among the names that will report earnings. Okay, never mind. That was a different. That was a different name. I thought that was a. I thought that was like a separate thing. Anyways, anyways, uh, shares of Spirit Airlines jumped 17 percent after Frontier Airlines announced a deal to merge with its low-cost competitor. Uh, see, this is the thing about stocks. I don't like trying to be an expert in every single different field. Like I feel like a lot of people I just read the news on everything think that there's like a, okay, so today I'm a social media expert, tomorrow I'm like a, you know, an airlines expert. It's like, I think you should probably stick with, with one type of, uh, with one type of investing, uh, you know, industry or sector, or at least something you can understand, you know, like I I do not understand airlines, you know, and I know that they have very low profit margins, that's what I do know, but anyways. Uh, Peloton shares surged nearly 21% on reports that Amazon and Nike are lining up as possible uh, suitors for the interactive fitness equipment maker. Shares of snowflakes shares of Snowflake jumped more than 6% after an upgrade from Morgan Stanley. Okay, so stocks were coming off a strong week following the release of stronger than expected U.S. jobs data, while big tech names posted their latest quarterly results. S&P and Nasdaq Composite posted their uh, best week since December. That's good. Uh, quote, we see volatility moderating and expect strong equity inflows from systematic investors, uh, uh, as well as corporate buybacks that are increasing after recent earnings-related uh, blackout periods. That, who said that was a J.P. Morgan strategist? Uh Okay. Uh, big inflation news also is on the horizon with the Labor Department on Thursday set to release Consumer Price Index. Like I said, it's like an average of the different, uh, you know, uh, rent and food and gas prices all kind of averaged out. The report is expected to show that inflation rose at a 7.2 pace from a year ago, which is, ac- which, if accurate, would be the fastest game since February 1982. So that's a lot. Quote, with an eye on this week's CPI, infla- uh, CPI inflation report Thursday, invest- investors may be returning from the weekend with renewed commitment to avoiding the longer duration stocks today. Uh, who said this was Goldman Sachs uh, analyst? The, just us from Goldman Sachs, so I don't know who, what type of position he has, but... He's from Goldman Sachs so we should definitely listen to him I guess. Uh, anyway, so markets have been bracing against the fallout from inflation and are now uh, and are now pricing in about a 35% chance that the Federal Reserve will hike its bench- benchmark short- short-term borrowing what rate by half a percentage point or 50 basis points in March. Uh, I think they probably will, you know, if they it, I feel like once they set set a date that they're going to do it at this point, I think they're going to probably do it. Uh, the real question is, like, are they going to repeat what they did in 2018 and then drop them back down once they see the really negative effect on on uh, stock market prices? Anyways, uh, government bond yields are uh, were a little changed Monday after racing higher following Friday's unexpectedly strong non-farm payrolls report from January. The benchmark 10-year note most recently yielded 1.92%. So that's great we're going to go on to the next story here where we're talking about oil prices so we have a, a reporter saying quote it's going to be very easy to get to $100 a barrel and that was an analyst who said that from Yahoo Finance and i kind of agree with her you know, we just see oil just uh and even all just all the types of energy just on a real bull run bull run these last 6 months but let's let's uh, get into the story so We have one analyst saying, quote, for multiple reasons, there's still room to go higher in the coming weeks uh, for energy and oil prices. Some strategists have been forecasting $100 oil. Uh, I wouldn't say it's inevitable, but it's going to be very easy to to get there, uh, said Vincent, an analyst from Yahoo Finance. Over the last six months, crude oil is up nearly 40%. On Monday, prices took a breather after hitting seven-year highs on Friday for both US West Texas Intermediate and Brent crude oil. OPEC supply and geopolitics. This is a big thing, you know, like geopolitics is a, is a big part of the oil prices. You know, if you have like these people from Russia, Saudi Arabia who really control the oil inflows, uh, you know, their political standing with uh Europe and the US is really important, uh, especially with also, also the, low, the OPEC supply is also a big part of it too with oil prices. So definitely something that, if you're going to be invested in energy and oil, that you kind of have to keep up with this type of political and geopolit- geopolitical, uh, you know, current events that are going on. Quote, we're in a, a, a prec- precurious situation, said Vincent, said Vincent, especially as it pertains to OPEC's spare capacity to be much smaller by the time we get to summer than what we've seen in many years. So OPEC agreed to continue with its output hike of 400,000 barrels per day in March. But some producers haven't been able to keep up with their side of supply. So that's definitely going to increase the price if, if there's a low supply. We've also seen a ton of very high gas prices, especially in uh, you know uh, California. We've seen, I think gas prices, don't quote me on this, but 30, 40, 50%, I think it increased just in 2021. And I'm sure that you feel that as a consumer. A quote, there are a number of players with an OPEC that just haven't been able to deliver. Uh, Angolia, Nigeria are kind of key to that development and under-production, said Vincent. As we move particularly into the spring and summer, those members that are, going, are under-producing are going to go under even further scrutiny. They're going to go under even more further scrutiny. It's going to be even more important to the global market whether or not they can bring the supply back. The tensions playing out between Russia and Ukraine are putting upward pressure on oil prices. Quote, you could see a 10% to 15% run higher if, in fact, you did begin to see some type of hot war, said Vincent. Quote, Anytime you have spare capacity limited, whether it's a weather event like hurricanes or a geopolitical event, a hot war, terrorist event, etc. There's so much more potential for upside in price action response. So he's saying that, look, if there there is an issue with Russia and Ukraine that's going to increase the price of, you know, oil by at least 10 to 15%. I think we could even go higher than that because... If you look at uh, the amount of oil that comes out of Russia, it's really insane. Uh, I mean, they have such a big landmass there rich in oil, and if you look at the uh the type of economic uh drivers they have in Russia. I mean, they're really stacking up their uh I mean, their oil, they're stacking up their precious metals, uh they're increasing their GDP. They're they're not buying dollars anymore, so I think that, you know, they're in. They're in a strong uh, position to increase those oil prices. Anyways, podcaster Joe Rogan gets a hundred million dollar offer from Donald Trump and his site, uh, Rumble. And so this is a big uh, story because we saw. You know, Joe Rogan is now kind of getting censored and stuff. If you don't know who Joe Rogan is, he's a podcaster, he's the top podcaster in the world, and so. Uh, he did an exclusive deal with Spotify for a hundred million dollars for three years, and so now he's kind of getting uh, censored a little bit with the vaccine and all these different things. And so uh, we now we have Trump kind of joining and saying, "Hey, uh, we won't censor you, and if you uh, join our um, our platform, we'll give you the same offer, and we won't uh, we won't censor you." So let's get into this story. So it's called Rumble. It's a YouTube-style website popular among U.S. conservatives, and they've offered Joe Rogan $100 million for four years for all of his shows, days after the podcaster apologized for using racial slurs in his content. So Rogan is also facing backlash for COVID-19 misinformation in his program hosted on Spotify after singer-songwriters including Neil Young and Joni Mitchell uh, pulled their content from the s- streaming platform. We basically had them saying, hey, if you don't uh, uh, censor Joe Rogan, then we're going to take off our content until you do so. And we saw a big inflow of people uh, acting the same way. <clears throat> so the incidents, uh prompted Spotify to add, quote, a content advisory to any episode featuring discussions of COVID-19 as scientists and medical professionals urged the platform to prevent Rogan from uh, spreading falsehoods. And I think that they uh, took off about 50 to 60 of his episodes that included any uh, discussion of, um, of, uh, co- uh, of COVID-19 and uh, the vaccine. Uh, so we have, quote, Dear Joe, we stand with you, your guests, and your legion of fans in desire for real conversations. Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky said in an email to Rogan posted on Rumble's Twitter page on Monday. Quote, how about you bring all your shows to Rumble, both old and new, with no censorship, for $100 million bucks over four years? Rogan did not immediately respond to uh, Ritger's uh, request for comment. His show, quote, The Joe Rogan Experience, has become one of the most popular podcasts on Spotify after the streaming platform started uh, featuring it in 2020. The Wall Street Journal has then reported that Spotify's exclusive licensing deal for the show was worth more than $100 million shares of cf uh, acquisition uh six the spac that has agreed to take rumble public surged more than 18 percent after the news that they're interested in uh, having joe rogan exclusively on the pot on the uh, on the social media platform the deal announced in december has valued rumble at 2.1 billion dollars so launched in 2013 a canadian a Canada-based Rumble has also entered an agreement to deliver video and streaming for uh, Truth Social, formula- uh, former U.S. President Donald Trump's proposed social media app. And so uh, they're kind of saying that, look, if, if Joe Rogan's getting censored and stuff, is the perfect person that's going to uh, bring people over to our... Uh, social media platform right because he's a huge podcaster and he's very controversial some people agree with him some people don't agree with him so it's very i think it's a pretty smart move to to do that deal honestly and it'd be really interesting to see if he takes it i kind of feel bad because i feel like he's going to be losing his content you know like um if spotify deletes his content like well, i'm sure he has it on some hard drive or something i'm, I'm sure i'm sure anyways so a massive shortage of truckers continues to be a bottleneck for supply chains. Okay, so this is a really big thing. Uh, high trucking costs are, uh, uh, are really pushing up prices, lowering supply, and causing more inflation in America. Anyways, uh, this is a, a, a serving as a significant factor in, American, in the American inflation story and leading to skyrocketing trucking costs. According to a recent Bank of America global research report, the crunch scene in the trucking industry is showing no signs of abating. So it's not stopping soon, even though we've had a lot of people saying that it's going to be ending soon. Quote, one shippers rates are up 33% year over year with no relief in sight, uh, which is one third. That's a lot. You know, it's up one third. That's crazy. So labor shortages are expected to stay elevated. The report reads, As part of the trucker uh, shipper survey for the week of January 27th, 2022, the company surveyed 50 shippers across the US to get current views on freight supply and demand. Shippers noted fleet capacity availability drops and elevated prices uh, or prices have been elevated across the industry with nearly 60% of uh, respondents expecting shipping rates to rise and 30% expecting capacity to lower. So that's like almost like a a double whammy, you know what I mean? We got 60% of people expecting shipping rates to go up. So the prices are gonna go up and there's gonna be a lower capacity. So it's like lower supply and higher demand, both going at it. And that's going to fuel higher prices across the board, right? Because if you have a higher cost of shipping, then the business owner is going to have to increase the price that they're charging customers because you know if you have if say you own a business right you say you own a mcdonald's and the mcdonald's hamburger to get the patties say they're a dollar each right but then it costs an extra 50 cents for you to ship them well that's a dollar fifty so you're gonna have to increase the price in order to pay your workers to pay the rent to pay all these different things okay so quote an industrial shipper noted that driver pay uh, increase increases are leading to sustained truck rate gains Another industrial shipper is seeing some recovery in regards to hiring drivers, but noted it is seeing some st- uh, stabilization after 20% of cap- capacity was impacted by COVID in the short term, the reporter reads. Uh, this, the report also found that shippers short-term positive outlooks fell, by, uh, fell to 64% from 76% in the previous survey, so it went down by 12%. Uh, and this is just a positive outlook of, of, um, of truckers. Uh, neutral outlooks rose from 32% to 21%. So people that were neutral went down by 10%. And negative outlooks climbed to 4% from 3%. So I guess these truckers are pretty positive people. Uh, demonstrating an overall deteriorating outlook for the industry from within space. That's crazy we see this we see this um the sign on this truck that says ten thousand dollars sign on bonus (laughs) which is absolutely hilarious that's just crazy so quote while some respondents do not see any rate relief uh in the market even noting panic buying of capacity and that driver shortages remain some shippers noted select recovery in markets though accepted that rising rates are rising driver pay will keep rates elevated, that reports reads. So they're saying that, look, uh, I mean, if we're gonna have to, uh, if nobody's, um, if we have a lower supply of, of, of truckers and we have a higher uh, price for truckers, uh, then we're gonna have to increase the wages for these truckers, okay? And, and what's that going to lead to? That's gonna lead to inflation, you know? Because if, if you're going to pay truckers more, then you have to have a higher price uh, to, you know, do business with them. And if it's going to cost more f- to get transportation, then you know businesses businesses are going to have to make up for that higher uh, cost somehow. It's they're, then the only way they're going to increase the cost, or they're going to have to, have to uh, make up for that cost is going to be to increase the prices for their uh, cons- uh, for their uh, products for their services, uh, which is what businesses sell. So tr- a trucker shortage is a quote national priority. So in an opinion, uh, contribution to the Hill, uh, 24th U.S. Secretary of Labor and 18th U.S. Secretary of Transportation, uh, Eleni Eleni, uh, Chow, I'm not good with names, forgive me on that, uh, has called the national trucker shortage a national priority. She described the trucking sector as being one of the most uh, vital as truckers move 71% of all freight in the U.S., And so this just highlights how huge of a problem this is, you know, if 71% of all freight in the U S is moved by truckers, then that means that 71% of all goods prices are going to be increased by this higher price of truckers, right? Like if 71% of all the goods, you know, the TVs, the McDonald's, the food, everything, is 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 moved by truckers, and then there's a shortage of truckers, and they have to increase the wages they pay truckers because nobody wants to become a trucker. So if nobody wants to become a trucker, they say, hey, you know, the only way we're gonna get more people in the door to become truckers is we're gonna have to pay these truckers more. Then what's gonna happen? The trucking company, you know, the guy that owns the trucking company, is saying, look, if we have to pay these people more, then we have to charge businesses more to transport their goods. Guess what? Once the businesses are like, man, we have to pay these trucking companies more. How are we going to make up for this money? Because we're going to be losing money. They're going to increase the prices to customers, and that's going to lead to inflation. So I'd say maybe learn about that and start investing in that way. Uh, in my opinion, in an effort to alleviate the labor shortage seen in the industry, the federal government is implementing a apprentice pr- apprenticeship program to train thousands of truck uh, of truck drivers as young as eighteen as part of the infrastructure package according to uh the person talking about chow making trucking a more attractive job in the short term or as a long-term career is a difficult but necessary goal for the government (laughs) i i I find that funny that they say it's, it's a difficult goal to make uh trucking an attractive industry obviously i mean if you have no home you're just driving around the country all day like that's pretty depressing Anyways, quote, so there are a lot of moving parts affecting new driver recruitment and retention in the trucking industry. This is all BS. All we have to do is pay them more. Like if you pay people double, there's going to be much more people that are willing to accept this job. And what that's really all it's going to come down to. You know, they're talking about all this different stuff like, oh, we have to make it more uh, attractive. And it's, we're going to add this apprenticeship bonus. All we have to do is increase the wage they're going to pay these people. And there's going to be more people that do it, and that's really all it comes down to is basic supply and demand. If there's not enough supply of truckers, you're going to pay them more, okay, and then they're going to be more truckers, okay. It's really simple, and this is just going to be an inflate an inflammatory inflationary inflationary. That's the right word, a force because if you have higher, like I said before, if you have higher costs, uh, it's going to lead to higher prices. Okay, so we have Tesla's market share which is also at risk of plunging. So obviously we've seen Tesla going insane, uh, really increasing a lot. So the uh, the big guns in the auto industry are coming for Tesla's number one spot in electric vehicles, warns one uh, longtime auto analyst. Honestly, I feel like there's been so many analysts that have doubted Tesla. At this point, I don't even listen to these people. Like, I mean, like if you look at what this guy Elon Musk has done, right? let's say in the beginning, no Honda, no Ford, there was no electric vehicle in any of these big companies, right? And then Elon Musk comes comes by, he starts eating the market. He starts destroying the market. And I think now he's the top, uh, he has a top car company now and he's literally forcing other companies to create electric vehicles now. He's literally forcing it because he's dominating the market. So all these people talking about all this, oh man, they're gonna beat Tesla. They're just critics, you know, I, I can't listen to this stuff. But anyways, let's listen to it anyways. And and it's always good to kind of uh, listen to what other people have to say just to just to know if if you're making a, the wrong decision. Anyways, uh, an article from Yahoo Finance says that, quote, we expect Tesla's market share to drop from about 70% in EVs to about 20% in the next three years. Ford and General Motors are gaining the bulk of the market share we expect Tesla to lose, said Bank of America auto analysts, John Murphy. I think that John Murphy is full of crap. I think John Murphy has no idea what he's talking about. I think he's never even ran a company. I think that he is he's never even done anything. I think all he's done his whole life is talk. I think all he's done his whole life is just make articles for people to read so that they can make more money in ads because people will want to read these articles. So I think that John Murphy has no idea what he's talking about. I think that he's probably never even had the kahunas to actually start his own business. And he's just one of those critics that say, like, "Oh, you can never start a business." He's gonna—he was one of those people when he was eighteen to twenty, and so now he's a grown man. He's never started his own business, so he has to hate on other people that are actually trying to do something in life. That's what I think about this guy. But anyways, let's keep reading what he, he what he's got to say. So while Tesla recently capped off an impressive year of performance, signs have emerged that its market share is slipping as rivals pick up the pace of EVs. See, the thing that they're not talking about is that. The only reason these other companies like Ford and General Motors are even making EVs is because of Tesla. It's the same thing with TikTok and Facebook. Is if TikTok did not start taking all of Facebook's market share and started, you know, taking all their users, Facebook was would not have made Reels. Okay, they wouldn't have and copied them, and that's the same thing, exact thing that's happening with uh, cars. And so you can't say that. I mean, you can't say it, I guess, but. This is just completely false. Anyway, so Tesla held 66.3% of EV registrations in the second quarter of this year, lower than 79.5% it held a year ago, according to the most recent data from uh, Experian. GM-owned Chevrolet uh, saw its share of EV registrations rise to 9.6% from 8.3% a year earlier. Ford, Nissan, and and Audi also picked up market share in the EV industry, per experienced data. So Starbucks hikes prices with more on the way, but insists demand is, quote, very strong. And so, honestly, to be honest with you, I think that Starbucks is definitely going to continue to have customers who are willing to buy this $5 coffee but I just don't think that this is going to uh, you know continue if they have to make this coffee eight nine ten dollars you know if, if inflation starts to really surge so Starbucks customers are staying loyal to the Seattle-based coffee giant despite a higher cost for their cup of coffee even as political pressure mount in response to rising prices so there's a there's a lot of political things with this we have a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, uh, Starbucks um, workers who are saying that you know, Starbucks is being unfair with 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 the uh, with what they demand from their workers. Of course, we have a lot of um, Starbucks workers who are saying that there's not enough uh, p- uh, workers to uh, supply the demand of coffee that, that they're having. And this is very true. You know, we have I think half I think we have half the number of workers for Starbucks that are, are on average in each shop now that we have uh, higher inflation. And so what that means is we're gonna have more people that want coffee because there's more cash in, the, in America, right? So there's more money chasing, you know, the same amount of coffee. And the problem is that when you're not increasing the wages to keep up with, you know, the new kind of uh, price of money, then you're gonna have a, you know, a very a short, you're gonna have a shortage of labor and a shortage of coffee. And then you're gonna have a, a, an excess of, of cash, of money. And that's really what happens when you inflate the money supply. So in a phone interview with Yahoo Finance, shout out to Yahoo Finance, that's where we're getting the information from. They said, um, after Starbucks' fiscal first quarter earnings results, CEO Kevin Johnson said that customer demand during the holiday season was quote, very strong. With revenue growth of 19% uh, over the holiday season. So I think that 19%, I'm not sure if that was over the year or the quarter, but uh, it came in at a record of 8.1 billion dollars. Um, so like a growing number of company, like a growing number of companies confident in the consumer's ability to handle high prices, Starbucks also raised prices in October and at the end of January. Yet Johnson said the company did it in a quote "very targeted way as it faced a trifecta of supply chain strains, inflation, and rising labor costs. So these are all just different types of uh, of 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 effects of increasing the the or expanding the monetary supply. When there's more when there's more cash in the system, you're gonna have all types of different you know inflationary factors that come up. You're gonna have you know rate, rising labor costs because you know there's there's a shortage of people all of a sudden. Everybody wants to quit their job, and so when everybody quits their job, you're gonna have to pay people more money. Uh, and so what that's going to cause is you're is when you have to pay people more money, then you have to make up for that as a business. And so what's going to happen then is you're going to have to, have to increase the prices uh, for the stuff you're selling. You know, so for example, for Starbucks, if there's only you know six people. On average working at each starbucks when there used to be 10 that means that to get those four extra people on average you're gonna have to pay uh, you're gonna have to increase the wage for each worker okay so you're gonna increase the wage and then let's say the coffee is more expensive to buy that coffee from you know wherever you're buying in south america brazil okay so now you have higher cost of coffee and you're paying workers more and the rent is more expensive right we saw that happening and we see energy prices going up too so we have all these different inflationary forces and so the All these businesses are going to have to go out of business unless they increase prices. And so, what's going to happen next is they're going to have to increase prices, and then we're going to have the government saying that these people are price gouging, meaning, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, politicians saying that, hey, these business owners are unfair, they're raising prices, they're greedy, you know. And so, what are we going to have? We're going to have, uh, you know, we're gonna have a lot of issues coming up. That's all I gotta say. But anyways, let's keep let's keep on the story. So, quote: We're constantly monitoring to make sure that price actions that we do are are, are we do to take take are being well received by customers. That's a very oddly worded sentence, and not cause any elasticity issues or customer attrition. Huh okay so johnson told yahoo Finance that the company plans to raise prices twice more in the back half of the fiscal year of 2022 likely around quote spring or summertime in order to offset inflation and rising cost pressures just like i was saying they've all their you know all their all their supply chains are getting more expensive in different ways we have trucker prices going up we have actual you know Uh, raw materials going up we have labor shortages we have to increase wages we have energy costs going up so everything is just going up so they're going to have to increase the price of coffee and they're trying to do that in a way not to shock customers but i mean there's only way like at at some certain point you just have to increase the price of stuff you know like you can't tiptoe around it so in 2021 u.s inflation rose by 5.8 percent reaching a 39-year high according to the u.s department of commerce's recent report which is spurring the Federal Reserve into a campaign to hike rates. However, not everybody is on board with the higher costs, including Republican uh, Pramila Jayapal. In a tweet, the progressive congresswoman railed against Starbucks soaring prof. See, this is the thing you get. Okay, so she's saying that there's soaring profits and price hikes, uh, and we have AOC, uh, the new, The New York Congresswoman who told Yahoo Finance this week that inflations are mostly a phenomenon caused by, quote, straight price gouging by corporations. Didn't I just say that this was going to happen? It's already happening. So so let me paint the picture for you again. So we have uh, the federal government who prints money. That's really all they do, they just print money. Okay, so we have more money, that's called inflation. They're inflating the money supply, right? They're infl- it's like a balloon. There's a money supply and they're inflating it. So they're printing more money and there's inflation happening. Inflation is expansion, it's more money in the system. Okay, so what happens next is over the next, you know, 15 to 18 months, so uh, a little over a year or two years, we have different, you know, inflationary forces that come up we have labor shortages right we have like raw material uh, price increases We have energy cost increase increases and that's what we've seen you know we saw the energy price go up we've we've seen rent go up we're seeing all these different things go up and then we're having labor shortages so there's a because there's a a surplus of uh, demand so like people want more coffee right they want more you know goods they want more services but then there's a shortage of workers because hey they're not getting paid enough they need a higher wage in order to be working because everything's getting more expensive so what happens these businesses are saying oh, man it costs more for me to pay the rent for my business it costs more for me to you know, to i have to pay my workers more because you know like they're the stuff they're buying is more expensive so they have to get paid more in order to buy the food and everything okay and then you have to, you have you know trucking uh shortages so you have to pay truckers more so the cost for you know transportation is going up you have a higher cost of you know actual goods that you're selling so like say you're selling furniture the the, the cost to buy that furniture from china or wherever is going to go up the the cost of, of 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 transportation to get that stuff from china to the us is more expensive everything is going up in price okay for business so what is that business going to do they're not just going to like eat it and just go negative and just lose money and go out of business they're going to increase their prices to customers and what's going to happen you're going to have democratic people saying oh you're greedy business people are just taking all this money from everybody, you're price gouging, you're just trying to make more money off these poor people. It's like, dude, everything is more expensive for businesses. Like, it's crazy what, what these people are saying because they've never even had a business. But anyways, so so in the fiscal year's first quarter, the company saw a profit of nearly, let's go into the numbers. So eight eight hundred $816 billion up 31% compared to 2020's uh, fiscal year uh, profit. Okay, so that's not a good look. So they're having more profit. Uh, some of that amount maybe eventually be chipped away at a higher employee cost. Okay, so this, so here's the here's the offset of that. So, of course, okay, so their profit is up 31%, but they have a low labor shortage, meaning they haven't increased the price or they haven't increased their salary to employees yet. Uh, later, we're going to see them increase the wages they're gonna be paying employees. And once we see that, we're actually gonna see profits go down. And that's really the, the 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 effect when you have inflation. So Johnson weighed in on those efforts, telling Yahoo Finance that quote, "There's roughly 50 that have filed petitions uh, of to the nation National Labor Relations Board to go through the process to see if partners in those stores want to vote for a union." He added, "Quote, those have not occurred yet, and I think that's an important thing just to point out." Yeah. So, I mean, there's different ways, I guess, to increase the wages, I guess uh, maybe the businesses don't just want to just just do the right thing and just pay the money. But I guess they're going to have to campaign for a union for that to happen. And so we're going to have like uh, uh, riots and stuff for people to get paid more. So that's just going to happen. That's just like a, a, the actual way that the inflation will actually take place. But, you know, you're going to have to pay people more because the price of everything is going up. So, I mean, they're not going to be able to live if if you're not paying them more. And that's just going to cause uh, a lower pro- profit margins. And so let's see what else we have. We have the stock market, uh, the S&P 500, uh, which rises among strong jobs reports. So we're gonna be going over the jobs report today. So stocks shook off earlier losses to mostly rise Friday afternoon, even as investors viewed a much stronger than expected jobs report as bolstering the case for the Federal Reserve to continue down its more hawkish monetary policy path. And so really all this means is that the Federal Reserve is saying that, look, we're going to be more hawkish, we're going to increase interest rates. And so, you know, money's gonna be more tight. Uh, Personally, I think that they're gonna drop interest rates after they increase them. Same thing did in 2018, I don't see why they would change this, you know, because in 2018, they saw the market crashing after the increase of interest rates. I don't see why they would change that strategy, especially after, the economy is even more unstable. We just hit a $100 billion uh, in, in a trade deficit year over year, uh, or maybe it's month to month, I don't even remember. Or no, it is year over year, uh, but they track it month over month. Um, so we have a even more uh, unstable economy. And so I don't see why we would you know, just stand by and just let the market crash, uh, especially after they've shown that they're not willing to do that in 2018. So the S&P 500 turned higher uh, during intraday trading, closing at uh closing up at uh, about half a percent or i already read the story actually so cut that out if you're listening to this i meant to cut this out okay so let's go to the next story so amazon and nike are reportedly interested in buying peloton so i'm sure you've heard apple or sorry amazon and nike i'm sure you buy their products and they're interested in buying peloton and what peloton is is it's like a gym equipment that is that you can use at your house, so it's kind of like a newer growth company. And so Peloton shares are the top trending ticker on the Yahoo Finance platform this morning, uh, uh, and it comes after a uh, news dump on after a news dump on Friday from the Wall Street Journal saying that reportedly Amazon and Nike have expressed have expressed interest in Peloton. It's unclear. It's unclear if in fact they're going to purchase Peloton, but they're showing interest. So Peloton is not out here, uh, talking at all ahead of their earnings report later this week, but this continues to be a very fascinating situation. So this is honestly some really boring stuff. I want to get into the actual numbers of what's going on here and not just like, all right, never mind, just cut the story out. This is just people talking about nonsense. Okay, so we have Wordle Activision, uh, And more different companies ride a tide quote of FOMO driving uh, big video game deals. And so we're gonna get into this story about video game uh, companies. So the video game studio buying frenzy that's erupted in recent weeks may just be an industry wide case of fear missing out FOMO according to some analysts. So January string of big and small deals for game developers has seen take two TTWO ticker The publisher uh, behind heavy-hitting franchises like Red Dead Redemption and Bioshock make a nearly $13 billion bid for uh, mobile gaming giant uh, Zynga. Zynga. That's a pretty interesting name. Not to be outdone, Microsoft announced it would buy Activision Blizzard for a whopping $68.7 billion in an all-cash deal. So they just bought it in cash. They said, give me that Activision Blizzard. And Activision Blizzard is one of the largest, uh, you know, gaming companies. I think they have Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, uh, together with the makers of the Xbox. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge company that they just bought in cash. Michael Patchner, Managing Director of Equity Research at uh, uh, Wedbush Securities, told Yacht Finance Live last week. That's a software giant's move for Activision as part of a bolder, quote, vision and a strategy. The deal essentially gives Microsoft more games and properties, not just for its traditional consoles, but to help grow its efforts in mobile gaming and cloud computing. More recently, the gaming boom culminating with Sony announcing a $3.6 billion deal for Bungie, the studio behind Halo and Destiny, while the New York Times is buying the viral crossword game Wordle for an undisclosed price, quote in the low seven figures, which is in the low millions. Pastor told Yahoo Finance that Sony's purchase of Bungie was driven uh, more by FOMO, citing that higher prices uh, that, that the higher price the Japanese giant paid per developer when, the, uh, when compared to Microsoft Activision bid. Quote, Sony I think just did a me too statement and said that we're not going to be left behind so we'll buy Bungie, he added. And other companies like Google, which has, uh, which has its own cloud gaming service, might yet join the video gaming land grab, analysts say. Yet some think the major players are in a wait and see mode, especially with the more recent deals undergoing regulatory review. Quote, anything that Google or any other platform might do from an acquisition standpoint will rightfully get a lot of scrutiny. Daniel Flax, senior research analyst at Newberger Berman, told Yahoo Finance. He added that Google will likely focus on maturing the cloud game experience rather than acquiring intellectual property. It makes sense to license content, perhaps that some of your own, the analyst suggests. Google's focus is, quote, to really ensure the user's experience is first rate, and that is my view in what's going to drive growth he added. The flurry of deals uh, could also boost companies more uh, preferably uh, continuing uh, connected to gaming, according to Patrick Moorhead, founder, CEO, and chief analyst of uh, More Insight and Strategy. Uh, with Sony and Microsoft making investments in gaming and gaming content, AMD will be will, will be able to piggyback on top of the increased demand. He told Yahoo Finance, "quote They're going to rise with the tide as well." I think it's really interesting that that's happening. Um, that there's so many uh, acquisitions that are happening in the video gaming kind of world. I think a big I think a big reason is that there's so much cash in digital uh, in 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 in. Um, in digital products, you know, because I think that there's a lot of supply chains and physical products. There's a lot of supply chain issues, and so anybody that has digital products can just, you know, get all the cash. Especially when they started printing a lot of money, they were able to just kind of flow that money to to digital uh, companies, and so they're they're really rich in cash right now. So they're able to buy assets that they think are going to do very well for them. Obviously, these gaming companies are going to be on the rise in the future because, so you know, I mean, I mean, video games are just kind of going they're just growing. Like every year they're growing. You know, more people are playing video games. Click these videos are exactly what you have to see and check out the description to buy some cool stuff or to learn from me. I'll see you in the next video. Make sure to subscribe.